Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Ecommerce Insights. I'm your host, Scott DeGrossier, founder and CEO of Wicked Reports. Today, I have the Chief Marketing Officer and a longtime friend of Wicked, John Parks here. Welcome, John. Thanks for making time to be on the show. Hey, thanks, Scott. Great to be here. So Chief Marketing Officer, that sounds like you have a lot going on. I know ClickFunnels, big company, always scaling, growing, well-known company in our digital marketing space. What is, what's like the day-to-day of your CMO duties and scope? What are you tasked with doing over there? That is a great question. So it's interesting. The, the Chief Marketing Officer, there's, there's so much that you, you have to pay attention to. So I start the day getting my team together. We call it a marketing stand-up. We all get on a call and we've got the spreadsheet called the Marketing Timeline. That kind of helps us understand the different initiatives we're doing, how, how we're approaching them, how many days left until this one launches or that one launches, or where we at in this phase or that phase, how many new users did we get in here, buyers over there, things like that. So we've got this kind of metrics and, and timeline doc that we review every morning and everyone gets together and reviews that. And each, I guess, sub-department head has a moment to speak and, and talk about their initiatives and what they're doing. And that kind of keeps us on track and keeps everything kind of top of mind with, with such a variety of uh, different projects that we're working on. It's important to be able to at least bounce on each one on a daily basis and just say, okay, we haven't forgotten about that one or that one where, and we're moving forward. Well, is that totally, kind of based on the, like the scrum process of the daily standup from engineering? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's similar to that. It, I mean, it's our own, it's our own flavor on it. You know, what works mm-hmm. for us. But it's good to get to get uh, and not everyone speaks. Like I said, only the heads, you know, like our head of content, she speaks for her whole team. We don't get everyone in there saying something because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would just take too long. I think we're about, I'm going to say about 50 people in the marketing department, including content creators and, and writers and, and uh, graphics people, video people, you know, the whole, the whole deal. So, and all of our media buyers and funnel builders and stuff like that. I mean, so that's kind of how we start out the day and then and then we determine what needs more focus and what doesn't and you know and, and I, I tend to have two or three big big focuses that I'm that I'm looking at in the week or maybe even in the month maybe this maybe this month it's just we, we just need to improve conversion rates on this funnel or we just need to do this or we've got to produce a training for our for our coaching program or we need to so so I'll have these really specific, things that I need to proactively do on top of all of the reactive that happens when you have a large team, there's, there's always people coming and hitting you. And yeah. And I, I've just, I mean, I've just got a great team and a lot of it comes a lot of, a lot of the success, I think in our team, what, what we've seen comes down to the fact that intentionally or unintentionally, we've been able to train the leads of these sub departments to take a lot of responsibility. And so there, there, there really is a, a good balance of how many direct reports every, every, management position has because when that gets out of balance you know when you've got 20 people talking reporting to one person things are out of whack you know that that one manager is not able to handle that many people those people feel you know neglected or not listened to you know so there's got to keep that good balance and so we've really strived to make sure that there's a good balance of no more than eight people reporting to one manager and then and then no more than eight managers reporting to me and, and keeping that balance has been really helpful in, in everyone's day-to-day when it comes to the marketing department. Yeah, that's a 50-person operation that grew a lot from the, the one funnel. <laughs> oh, right? 
<laughs> so you're the CMO and then Dave Woodward's the CEO. Then how does, uh, you know, Russell does a lot of content, but what do you, how does he fit in? Does he kind of swoop in and out or where, where's he plugging? Yeah, he's, I mean, you could give him a thousand titles. First and foremost, he's founder, right? Co-founder. He and he and Todd Dickerson co-founded with ClickFunnels, the, the software and, and the, the cash cow, everything we do. And they are still deeply involved in the production of it, of front ends, of the vision of everything. You know, maybe we call him chief vision operator. I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't know exactly all of the titles we could give Russell, but he's, <laughs> he's definitely always there, always involved. Dave is the CEO. He's He's doing the CEO stuff, running all of the company, you know, all he's basically everyone's reporting to him in in a way and through their through their lines. And he's just making sure that everything's running and that and that the big company objectives are happening and that 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 the leadership is is in place properly and that they're leading properly and, and all of that. And that and that the big visions are pushed down through the company. But Russell is definitely the, I mean, he's the visionary. He's the one who's always upfront with the with the new with the new dream and the new and the new idea and the new and for a lot of a lot of it the new marketing campaign you know what's the new big message we're launching what's the new big piece that we're going to put out in the world so that's what he loves to do so the 50 people in there now you first came up i believe you were the media buyer back in the day so now you have how many different media buyers or agencies how do you slice up Who's doing what off? Is it by offer? Take us through like the planning. So you got the quarter and you got this yeah. budget and you got all these yeah. people that want to run ads for you and do emails. How do you that's an big awesome. project to kind of corral? I would imagine. You know, it really is. So we we kind of have it structured and it kind of just grew this way organically, but it but it works really well for us. In in Google, you know, when it comes to the Google suite of of advertising, we have we have um, basically two guys, one who focuses on on YouTube. You know what? No, we, we recently changed it. We have one guy in Google because this is why once you set up your search campaigns and your display campaigns and your, and a lot of Google, now the smart display, and there's a lot of algorithmic things happening there where it doesn't take a lot of manual adjusting once you find it. Right. So Google has a lot of um, set, set and forget, you know, in, especially in the search, you know, set up all your keywords, adjust, you know, spend a couple of months or, or even a year or whatever, figuring out, Where's the good stuff? Where's not the good stuff? Trim it all out. And then it's just a matter of just revisiting it, right? And, and adjusting in small ways. And so Simon, our Google media buyer, is able to manage all the search and all the display and discovery and the YouTube, YouTube being the one that's the most active in management, right? So he handles all of that. So we have this internal agency. So Simon runs all the Google. And we've got Usman who runs all of the Facebook advertising. And that one takes a lot of active management because the... Campaigns seem to be shorter lived there in Facebook than they are in the Google side. And so he's always managing that and adjusting budgets and creative and, and just making sure everything's working really well. And then we've got a guy named Grant who um, he's basically our other than Facebook and Google retargeter guy. He's running, he's running, you know, TV, Hulu, TikTok, Pinterest, everything else, right? Everything else where we could find it. And we don't, we don't do a lot of, we, we divide our advertising into prospecting and retargeting buckets. We don't do a lot of prospecting, basically marching out there into cold audience and trying to grab new users who've never seen us before. We don't do a lot of that on platforms other than Facebook and Google, but we do a lot of retargeting, right? So when it comes to like, oh, Pinterest, TikTok, I don't know, I'm not thinking of the other one, Quora, um, Snap, Google, 
Do you I, only snap or I, I don't I, snap I, yeah. work with ClickFunnels? Yeah. Wonder. A little bit. We do. We do have a Snapchat account. I don't know how much we spent, but it's a little <laughs> bit. And then, then what's the other one I was thinking of? Oh, LinkedIn. We do. We do a good bit in LinkedIn. But all of them are difficult when it comes to prospecting and, and seem to be a bit more expensive. And so we tend to do our initial cold, you know, prospecting the difficult punches in in the Google and Facebook platforms. And then once we have people hitting our pages, taking action, engaging stuff like that, and then we retarget them with the other the other platforms, right? Mm-hmm. So. So Grant does all of that and yeah, you know, and, uh, and he does a great job. So we have that internal agency and that internal agency has its very specific focuses. They run everything to clickfunnels.com as well as um, a variety of other front ends. But we have other agencies that we've, we've brought on over time just in an intention to, to scale things. We, uh, I mean, for example, like we, we've, we've, we'll bring them on and, and usually when we bring on a new agency, we'll, we'll have them focus on one offer. And, and I know that some companies, you know, might might not have as many front end offers as we do. We, you guys I'll, have a few. <laughs> I'll back I'll back up and kind of tell you the model and kind of understand uh, yeah. our psychology behind it. You know, we love sales funnels, and we've got this this belief that we've proven through numbers. I was showing Dave Woodward the numbers the other day, and basically, we get for the most part everyone who comes in through a front end offer is a free click funnels. If they if they find their way into click funnels, they're they're free to acquire because we have these self liquidating front end offers. So. Hey, come buy this book that's about copywriting. Come buy this book that's about sales funnels. Come buy this or, or come opt in and get this free download over here or this or that, right? A whole bunch of different ones. Come get a bunch of lead. Come get a, a swipe file that teaches you all about different lead uh-huh. generation funnels and pay us an extra $17 and get some templates to go along with that or whatever it is, right? So like a whole bunch of these different front end things that don't necessarily say click funnels on them. You know, whether or not you know anything about ClickFunnels or software, or you intend to, or you're not, or maybe you're not even looking for sales funnel software, you're, you might be looking for this piece of education or this book or this training. So we get you into our world with these front end offers. You know, you come in, you pay us $10, $20, $40, something like that, something that's simple to purchase, low barrier to entry, easy decision to make, no reoccurring costs, you know, like software tends to have. And then you're in our world and then we can email you and we can text you and we can, and you can read the book. And in the book, it explains why you'd want to add ClickFunnels to your, to your life. And you're in in our email sequences and maybe you're following us on social now. And there's all these other ways now that, or we can retarget you, right? And and cross-target you. And then, uh, and so these front ends, we spend a thousand dollars. We make a thousand dollars. Is what we what the goal is on those. That's that's the dream, right? Because then you can yeah. spend almost unlimited. Exactly. So you, you kind of spend whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, a, a, a large budget. I think we're over a million. Oh, I know we're over a million dollars on those front end offers right now, and we spend into them, but we generate that revenue back. And then those people, as they as they find their way into ClickFunnels through, like I said, all the different communication channels and, and encouragement that we give them to get into ClickFunnels. They're getting into ClickFunnels with with a zero cost per acquisition, in, in in that mindset, right? It didn't cost us anything past past the revenue we generated. So that model is um, something we've, we've that's just been our bread and butter at ClickFunnels, and and so having so many different front end offers, if we if we do want to expand, we'll bring on an agency and we'll give them one of them. We'll say, hey, here's this book, you know, make it make it live. Like, and here's and here's the parameters that we give them. We, we know what our cost per acquisition is because we know what our average cart value is, right? Mm-hmm. We know what our average order value or our average cart value, however you want to say it, is. We know it's forty-five dollars, and so 
and we know our cost of fulfillment to ship that book out and everything is well, it's ten dollars. So we know we've got thirty-five to play with. We know the agency themselves is charging five thousand dollars a month plus ten percent override. So we we bring that CPA. We we adjust our CPA based on their fees. You know, if they're going to charge a large fee. Well, they've got to work harder to get <laughs> to earn it. Right? <laughs> Or if they're going to yeah. charge a lower fee, well, they've got more CPA room to play with. So we adjust, the, and so then we tell them, you know, to base after this and after their fees and everything, they've got they've got to make a sale, you've got to make a book sale every twenty bucks, right? So they know their exact parameters. We need you to make a book sale every twenty dollars you spend, and we need you to sense to do a to do a thousand of them in a month, right? So they've got their volume, and they've got their their target CPA, CPA. Yeah. target. And w- with those two, then we can evaluate their performance and say, hey, did they do it? Did they not do it? And then one other thing we look at, Scott, is how effectively then are the people that are being brought in converting into ClickFunnels users, right? Because that's because that's the big purpose. Yep. That's where all the LTV comes in. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was fascinating, first of all. I mean, it helps so I mean the educate did the education pieces come, I guess, because Russell always used to ed- teach people on how to do marketing. So you had all this educational content funnels. It seems like a good strategy for a lot of companies would be though educational software in to help lower your CPAs because otherwise you're just constantly trying to get them to take the software or buy this high ticket item. And instead you can, you can fund your advertising. You don't need to like go off and say, Hey, we got to spend 300 grand and we're going to see it back in four months. It's four, three months from now, we're going to see all this profit. It's all profit at that point. Yeah, we have a we have a fourteen, or if we're if we're feeling ambitious, a thirty day window where we want to have made back all the advertising, and, and and that's just looking at the front end. Like you're saying, it's not if we sell somebody, we spend a hundred thousand dollars to sell the the dot com secrets, but within fourteen days or, or thirty days, if we want to scale the spend and have more room, but we played with both models, we want to see that hundred thousand dollars back in revenue, like you're saying, and and often in most cases, it's back to us before the person's through the sales funnel. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the beauty of the, of the click funnel sales funnel model. That's what we bring to the market. We're trying to, that's the big message that we have is be profitable on the front end. Like this is something that's new to SaaS. This is something that's, that's new to a lot of online marketing. Like you said, instead of, instead of uh, try to find your money in, in, in 90 days or 120 days, or what's that, what's that forward point at which you finally break even it's like, make it the moment that go through that sales funnel. But structure a sales funnel with with the proper order bumps and upsells and downsells and and look at your metrics and make sure that you're you're breaking even by the time they're through that initial experience. I'm already thinking of all my content. I need I'm gonna need this your favorite funnel for me to study. I'm serious because it makes total sense. Because we have a, a topic where you need to learn a lot, and the more you're educated, the more you like it. And we have I have a ton of content, and I'm not I'm not doing any of this. It's genius. Yeah. I really like it. So perf. Um, so when the agencies with the different media buyers, you get Facebook versus Google, they're doing, do they just, here's your offer. And then they, they spin up all their different ad hooks and, and go wild with ad hooks and targeting, or how much do you like seed them with either past data or, Hey, we've already tried these things, or this is a good offer. Just scale it for us. What do you, how do you, how do you handle that handoff? That is a great question. We've played with a few different models, you know, one where we control all the creative, and then we just feed it to them and say, hey, run this, run that, do the management, we'll do the creative side, you do the you do the boring side, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that always, almost always works better. I, I can't really think of an instance where, where it didn't. And I think that's what the conclusion we're coming to is that, and 
is that that we control the what we often call the hook story offer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the creative tends to have a hook in it, a story in it, and then an offer. Even if the offer is, it's just the it's just the the call to action at the end of of that creative, whether it's an image, a carousel, a video, whatever it is. There needs to be some kind of call to action, click through to get the or, or, or whatever it is. We control what the hook story offer is. Often we control the whole piece of creative, in the the video, the the image ourselves in in house and then and then having a kind of library that the agencies can access mm. some of our creative team is is employee like you know salary employee whatever and some of our creative team is just certain um agencies under themselves and the creative agencies that we've found over the years that that we really trust and we can go to them and say okay here's the idea we want you to lead with this kind of a story or this hook or this, or, or sometimes we just say, Hey, wildcard, you guys make something, bring you it just to us. Hand them the end result. Here's the product, yeah. figure it yeah. out. Ooh. Product. I need that product. referral. <laughs> and, and it, and it doesn't always work. We got one the other day that didn't work. I was just, I, I got the back of the video and I'm like, Oh, that is not, <laughs> that's, that's not going to work. There's nothing about that. That's going to work. So, so that's always riskier to do that. But yeah, we've, we've got those relationships, whether they're, like I said, whether they're in-house or, or whether they're just real close associates of ours that we that we've been working with for a long time we produce the creative we have the library the other reason why it's good to have a library and and we have it we have actually the library structured of our creative where we produce the piece and then we release it to our media buyers so we say hey here's here's a video here here it is in a square format here it is in a landscape format here it is in more of a skinny swipe up format for instagram stories or things like that Try the different versions. Try them on YouTube. Try them on Facebook. Whatever, and then and then they go they go try it out, and then they come back. And it's we're, in this instance we're using ClickUp, which is which is basically a glorified glorified spreadsheet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Management software, but but it allows them to to then in that line item in that row mark and say this one worked on a scale of like one to five. This one worked like a four on Facebook, but only a two on YouTube. But it worked as a five out of five as a swipe up or something. And so we're able to kind of see over time the trend of our creative choices and two reasons one is because we can find themes you know what i mean we can find hooks that that just work you know what i mean every time we talk about how mcdonald's does their upsells you know they, they don't make any profit on the burger but as soon as they say hey go buy burgers and fries well that's where all the profit is and so that's that's the upsell model and so that's what click funnels does and you know and people can make that synchronization in their head with mm. that with that story Whenever, whenever we use that, it works, right? Or whenever we fail to put a good story in there, we don't. So we can see the trends, and we can see what hooks are working, what stories are working, and we can just reiterate on them. Like there's certain hooks that we've reused a thousand times, it feels like, but just a new, a new visual associated with the same, with the same hooks concept or or things like that. So it allows us to find those themes. But the other reason is, is it, is it allows us to recycle creative. It's an interesting thing where you run an ad for a month and then it seems to kind of burn out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But then six months later, you can go back and reuse it and it's got new life. So that's that's also interesting. Oh, that's yeah. a nice treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just do what you you just basically turn the campaign back on six months later and you're like, oh, it's working again. So it's interesting. That's nice. I, I know audiences cycle out, you know. Yep. Like, on all that kind of stuff. So, and then is so if email rolls up under you, then the email team are they writing? Is there any try to synchronize the team, the paid team with the email? Because like if the email closes them like three weeks out, then the traffic team is still excited, or they say, "Hey, I want the good emails going to this." Or how do you who traffic cops that? Is that roll no, up no, to you? Great, or? 
a great question. You know, with email, we, we have an interesting model. So they hit our page and then they, and if they opt in, then they become email subscriber. Yeah, that's, that's definitely my team that does that. So we, we tend to have two email sequences. One that's, it's close to the offer that that's tight. Maybe it's six days or six, maybe the longest would be nine days long, but they opt into the offer and either they buy it or they don't, you know, if they don't, then they're on a track to try to get them to buy it. And if they do, then they're on a track just reinforcing that sale, being like, oh, we're so glad you bought the book. This is why the book's so cool. Make sure you read it when you get it. How have you, you know, have you taken the next step and gotten a ClickFunnels trial, whatever? And there's this, there's this short stack email that's really relevant to the funnel that they just went through, right? It's relevant mm-hmm. to the book that they just bought. And then once they're at the end of that sequence, then they jump into this super long indoctrination sequence that Russell curated and built out himself. He's he's genius copywriter i think it's 60 pieces long 60 emails long that um yeah i know and it's fantastic and it just walks them through all the different pieces of indoctrination and 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 things they need to be watching and and understanding and and the different the different books that they could buy to complement that initial thing that they came in on and uh, why they need to get click funnels and in 60 days of just indoctrination is what we call it And, and so there's that there's that two stack email process that works really well for us um, when it comes to like attribution and, and who gets credit for the for the sale and stuff like that, it's a it's a cumulative effort. We we understand that had the media buyers not brought the person to the table, then the email couldn't couldn't have gone to them. And had the email not worked and converted them, then media buyers would be up a creek anyway. So we tend to look holistically at the picture. The a recent report that we that we just kind of built out to try to test kind of a new thing that we want to look at is the everything that we're spending on on a specific funnel and even broken down by channel. So to the dot-com secrets book in YouTube, we spent $50,000. And from what we can tell from Wicked or whatever, that we can attribute $60,000 of revenue back to it, You know, not including subscription revenue, not including ClickFunnels revenue. And then we're like, okay, so that one's breaking even if we factor in you know, fulfillment costs or whatever, then we're, we're right about that break-even mark. So anything that comes from it, you know, any ClickFunnels user that comes from it is is free. Or if it's not breaking even, what can we do to make it closer to break even? Or if it's not breaking even and we can't get it closer to break even, are we okay with paying, you know, with paying that ten thousand dollars to get ten thousand new leads and to get a hundred new ClickFunnels users? You know, so we kind of have that that internal report that kind of puts those side by side and helps us make those decisions. Yeah, I remember because uh, we had talked to you guys and then made some tweaks to co- cohort report. Yeah, exactly. um, it was interesting to see that you say 60 days of emails after approximately two weeks because 90 days out, you always have double the lead value. Always. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so it's like, it's definitely working <laughs> just yeah. at a macro level. Like you yeah. see it like clockwork. It's usually in sometimes higher, but it's almost always double and then some 90 days. And it keeps going up as people keep paying for ClickFunnels, sometimes more dramatic. You can filter by different campaigns and see, hey, well, this campaign brought the better leads because these customers are more than must be paying for click funnels because their LTVs up and up, you know, up and to the right. Actually, I was pointing to the left there. I don't know. <laughs> it's up. That's <laughs> all that yeah. matters. Yeah. So customer lifetime value then, because you guys are already just saying, well, I know I'm going to liquidate. And then uh, is it because your customer lifetime value is that dialed in down the road that you can, you know that? I mean, because your LTVs are generally three, four hundred dollars a lead, 
So, I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, Hey, if we come getting it at 20 bucks, we know LTV is like 20 X. It just takes a, a while. Like I said, up and up until recently, we, we haven't looked at long-term LTV in relation to front end lead very much. It's a new concept for us to, to look at that. We've always just, we've always looked at a very short window of, um, can we, can we generate leads and self-liquidate them in that, in a 30 day window? Because if we can do that, then let's just bring in more and more and more and more. And like you mm-hmm. said, we've got, we've got really strong indoctrination sequences to, to incorporate them into our culture and into our world. Like uh, we have a Facebook group that has, oh goodness, I can't remember. I, I think we're over half a million people in that Facebook group, which interestingly enough is five times the amount of active ClickFunnels users that we have. Five times as big. So it's this huge culture pot, I guess, this this group of of people slowly but surely building themselves into ClickFunnels users. I mean, some of them are past users, some of them are existing users and stuff, but but you know, they're they're getting into that group, they're getting into the world, they're getting into the culture through email, through social media, and and that nurturing process just makes ClickFunnels users for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a, a nurturing. That would be tough to attribute. <laughs> How no. many Facebook group touch points did it take? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, the bigger your brand gets, that's one thing that's always difficult is the bigger your brand gets, there, there's definitely a point where you where you just have to look. I mean, you, you always try to look at as you can, like you said, you know, like like Wicked helps to, to see like lead to LTV or you know, lead to revenue and that exact attribution lines. But there's definitely just a general lift. Yes. You have to attribute sometimes. Brand yep. awareness kind of things. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been great. Really fascinating look behind the scenes of the of, a, of a all grown up marketing operation. What do you guys? Uh, what are your goals for the rest of twenty twenty one? More users. We really want. We want. Really want to get more click users. It's a. It's um. I mean, we say that looking at numbers, obviously, because that's a measurement tool. But we say that because we have so many stories. Like, I, I don't know if um. Have you seen pictures of our office where we have those plaques, the two comic club award winners? Yeah. We. And we put them up on our office walls, and we're running an office wall space. <laughs> you just walk around; it looks like it looks like the, the Country Music Hall of Fame with just all these golden discs everywhere because they're they're like records. Every single one of those represents a ClickFunnels user that that we've helped get their business to a million dollars revenue, and that impact that we have on individuals is what drives us what drives us forward as a company. That we have a saying in our company: "What we do matters." You know what I mean? And we have it branded on shirts and, and all over the company. Uh, we even have a, a weekly meeting we call the Pulse meeting. And in the Pulse meeting, we have multiple stories, both internal, like employees stories and, and external user stories of, of how what we do matters and how we've affected people's lives just to keep our, our focus on, on the user's success. That's great. All right. Thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it, John. Thanks, have, a good, have a good one. Later. Uh-huh.